Hello, Internet. This is Chase Wassner, a.k.a. the Redshirt King. Welcome to another very special edition of the Rough Drafts team-by-team preview for the North American LCS for the spring split of 2016. It has been so exciting to have done three teams so far. And now we are looking at our fourth team, and I can't tell you how excited I am to break this team down with my good friend, Walter Fetchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? I am doing pretty well. I, uh, I'm pretty excited to talk about this team because my, my opinion of them has kind of changed over the past few days. It's kind of bounced back and forth as I've thought about uh, some parts of the, the team itself and, and where I think they're actually going to place in the split. So I, I'm curious to see kind of what your thoughts are about them. Yeah, and the them we're talking about here, in case you haven't looked at the title of this podcast, is Counter Logic Gaming. And CLG has had a very interesting offseason. It was a big move, obviously, to let go of Doublelift, one that maybe was a little overdue. We've talked about him as a potential change of scenery guy for a while. They have moved Stixe up from the bench to replace him as the AD carry. They have sent away Pobelter to Immortals, who we talked about on day two, and Huhi, their substitute has now become the starting mid laner there. Uh, Zix has become the full-time head coach, and everything else, Darshan in the top, Smithy Jungle, and Aphromoon in the support, has remained the same. Now, Walter, just first instinct when you look at this team, what are your first thoughts? My, my first thought is, man, if the meta shifts, they could be in trouble. That, mm-hmm. That's the first thing that I think of. Man, if it goes back to like tank top laners, man, they, they, they could really, really be in trouble because Hui and Stixay... Are, are not established players and they're replacing fairly established players uh, in, in Pobelter and, and of course in Doublelift. So I don't think that they performed amazing. I don't think they were amazing at, at IAM San Jose. I thought Stixe out of the two of them played better, uh, be- definitely better than Hui. But I think Hui from the challenger scene, he showed that he had a really large champion pool when he was playing on Fusion. And the fact that he was able to, they were even able to consider him as jungle prior to Worlds if Smithy wasn't able to get his visa done in time actually tells me a lot about him as a player in general and his, his kind of uh, adaptability and, and what he is able to accomplish. So at the beginning of IEM San Jose, I was definitely really down on them. I didn't think that they were going to transition fairly well, but I probably underestimated the, the structure that you and uh, when Magic was on. Uh, talked about in, in their support staff and having Smithy and Darshan and Aphromoo still be around. And now going into the into the season, while I don't think that they're a top-tier team, I think that they'll be a very good like middle of the pack, a very solid kind of playoff contending team, uh, better than a couple of the other teams that, again, over the past couple of days, I've gone back and forth in my head about what I think. So I think pre-IEM San Jose me will be pleasantly surprised by where this team ends up. Yeah, and, and one of the biggest points you made there is talking about this who he sticks a, you know, this homegrown talent that has, uh, has moved up from their bench to the starting position. And the most exciting storyline, I think, is how will these guys prove themselves over the course of a full season? You know, is this kind of development through this infrastructure, through understanding the system and having worked with Zix this whole time, you know, is this you know, proof that we saw at IM San Jose of that kind of value, will that continue to be a thing as we go through this North American spring split? So, yeah, absolutely. Whenever you bring a new player into a system, the more time that they spend in the system, obviously the better they are going to get. 
uh, when you look at like traditional sports, the more time you spend in the triangle offense, the uh, you know that Phil Jackson created, the the more nuanced you're going to be in it. The more you're going to be able to adapt. The more you're going to be able to uh, create little wrinkles inside of that you know that kind of structured system. And I think adding Hui's kind of expansive champion pool will allow CLG to do a hell of a lot more than they were able to do last year with kind of pole belters very limited. Like I only play two or three champions. Uh, Stick say while he is definitely no like super carry like double lift, I think he did show some potential that he can. Uh, he has kind of the positioning uh, ability that'll keep him pretty safe in team fights. That Aphromood doesn't have to stick his neck out and and kind of babysit Stick say he'll be allowed to kind of engage. He'll be allowed to more control team fights rather than just peeling for his back line. So the more time they spend in the system, the more time that that Zix gets to spend with him and, and, and coach him up. I think the better off they'll be. I just think that their talent as a whole is kind of limited uh, in, in the jungle mid and, and 80 carry position. I, I think their ceiling isn't as high as a lot of other teams. And at the end of the day, you'll create a very like kind of a very plateaued team with a superstar and Dasha Darshan. And then everybody else will kind of plateau at a certain point beneath him. So if Darshan isn't able to carry because of a meta change, you know, I, I think you'll be kind of limited by that that talent ceiling, not necessarily the structure of the of the team itself. Yeah, it is gonna be interesting to see how Stix A and, and who he play in that way. We saw who he played a whole bunch of different mid laners at IEM San Jose, but none of them particularly effectively. Only a two point seven KDA at that tournament. He was behind in CS at 10 minutes, fifth in effective gold permitted, only over Fox at that particular event. Um, he certainly got some growth to do. Uh, Stixay was solid. Um, he was fourth in damage permitted, only above Pilot and Steelback at that particular tournament. So certainly some growth for him as well. But as you said, the monster of this team and the guy that everyone's going to be looking at, especially after what he did in the playoffs this uh, last season, is Darshan. Is this the split, Walter, that Darshan becomes known across the scene as the best top laner in North America? So that's the question. Are you asking, is he going to be the best North, North American top laner or the best top laner in the North American LCS? I think is what it comes down to because you still have to remember that Impact is is arguably one of the best top laners in North America. And he, he had a phenomenal year last year. You have who... Uh, Huni that's coming over from Fnatic and from Europe that's going to establish himself as a top-tier top laner. You have Haunters from TSM that is obviously going to expand on what he was able to do last year with Gravity. So I think that the talent level for the, the North American LCS top lane talent pool has, has increased exponentially. You know, you're, you, you get rid of Dyrus and you move, in, move Haunters into that, you know, that fourth kind of position. You add Huni like he's not going to be able to bully every single top laner in the LCS. He is now going to have to adapt his play style to play against, you know, the just outright aggression that Huni is able to show and these more kind of calculated uh, tank style trading laning phases that, that impact and haunters are both very good at. So if he's able to do that and show that he can play against all these top laners and he can go even or beat all these top laners, he has a chance but I think his opportunity was 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 last season. I think that the the top lane role has gotten a lot better this season in particular. 
Well, as far as lane matchups, you know, you mentioned Impact and you mentioned Hanser. He played against both of those guys last split, and he showed a lot of strength in his own individual laning phase. He had a 10.6 CS lead at 10 minutes on average, which was by far the top in the league. Uh, it was, in fact, so much higher than everyone else that the majority of top laners were negative at 10 minutes just because of how much Darshan tended to dominate in that realm. He had a 4.2 KDA, which put him at 4th, but he was 2nd in damage per minute, 3rd in effective gold per minute, and he did this while not being given that huge of a percentage of the team's gold. Only 19.7% of the team's resources went his way because so much was being fed into that bot lane, into double lift, and, and into making sure the Pobelter was handling things all right. So if you're asking, you know, is Darshan going to continue to be able to be the lane bully that he was last split? I'd be willing to venture yes. I think he does such a great job in the laning phase. His mechanics for those first 10 and 15 minutes are great, and he's very self-sufficient. And at the North American playoffs, it looked even better, you know, a 7.7 KDA there. He can be that guy. Now, what he's not is a guy that helps the rest of his team out. You're looking at a 64.3% kill participation in the regular season, pretty much the same thing at the North American playoffs, even lower at Worlds. And this is where the fear comes in with me, because I love Darshan. He's been my favorite top laner in North America for a while now. But if this meta shifts to a tank utility top lane, do, Walter, does this team have the ability to carry a game? So I think that's actually a very good point, is when this does happen, because the meta will shift at some point, you know, whether it's four or five weeks into the, into the uh, season, yeah, I think it's going to take like an incredible amount of improvement from Huayne Stixay to get to a point where they, they would be able to carry instead of Darshan. I think they're extremely meta-reliant, and they need to get a lot of games. Uh, they need to win a lot of these games early on in the season where the meta is in their favor so that they'll have a really good seed towards the end of the, uh, towards the, end of the split uh, when it gets to be playoff time. Um, so that that does really worry me because Huey and Stixay in their Challenger Series careers did not show a tremendous amount of carry potential. Huey did pretty well when he was on Fusion, but Stixay left a lot to be desired against other Challenger level 80 carries. So they would need to drastically improve, in my opinion, for them to be, you know, the, the kind of carries that Darshan is for this team. Yeah. I mean, this is not – I mean, you look at the Attic Smithy, right? He had 30 kills last split. That was fifth amongst junglers. You know who had more kills than uh, Smithy last split? Kez on the Dragon Knights. I, I can't make that set up. He was ninth in kill participation, fourth in KDA, but mostly because he just didn't die all that often. That's great in a meta where he's not asked to carry, but he is never going to be a carry jungler. Uh, Stixay, as you said – has struggled at times against the challenger scene guys that he's gone up against. Obviously, he's been playing behind double lift. That's going to help. But we don't know how that's going to translate. Aphromu is going to be a huge help there, but I don't feel as great about turning to him as I do about turning to double lift as they've been able to do in the past. And who he's strength is not in his ability to carry, but in his versatility and the kinds of compositions he opens up to you. Uh, he can play just about anything, and that's awesome when he is the second or third carry on a roster. But if he's the guy that they're turning to, I think there's a lot of growth he needs to make before he's there because his laning phase right now is really, really weak. 
and it's going to be way too hard for him to play from behind if there's a lot of pressure on him to be that guy. But, Walter, I'm sensing that despite all this, uh, your crystal ball is sensing something, maybe something positive, something uplifting for CLG fans who are hearing this dark tone from us. That being said, I think that Stixay actually does make a tremendous kind of improvement over over the course of the season. Not to double lift level, but I think he's going to learn a, a lot from Aframu, and he's going to become a very uh, strong AD carry in his own right. And I think that I'm fairly certain we'll see him as a top five AD carry uh, in North America, regardless of of you know the the incoming AD carry of RNG, uh, the, you know, Wild Turtle be on, being on Immortals, you know, despite the amount of talent that's around him, I think he'll end up as one of the top five AD carries in North America at the end of the split. It is really nice when you're an AD carry to have a mentor like Doublelift must have been as far as learning mechanics and understanding what it means to, to be a veteran and to carry yourself as a professional in certain ways and to have a guy like Aframu in your corner. That is always going to have positive effects on your bot lane. And I think that Stixay is a guy that has demonstrated a willingness to work. And I think that he's obviously one of the benefits and one of the reasons that CLG let Doublelift go is that, you know, now they have this versatility. You know, Zion Spartan, Stixay, Huhi, all of these guys, they have different ways they like to play. And they're no longer going to be asked to play the Doublelift way. They're all going to get a chance to kind of prove something here. And I think that Stixay, of all the guys outside of Darshan that we've talked about, has the best chance to make the leap just because of the experience that he's gotten so far as a member of CLG, the players that he's surrounded with in Aframu, and what Zix is shown to be capable of as far as you know, building the kinds of setups that allow AD carries to shine. But Walter, that leads us to our final thoughts. All of the things we just mentioned being taken into account. Where do you see this team at the end of the spring split? So I see ELG uh, kind of in the same spot that I see Immortals. It's one of those kind of upper middle of the the table teams. Uh, Definitely a playoff team, but, you know, probably four, five, six seed. Uh, I think especially when you get in the middle of the pack there, you have a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, little things here and there can could push a team into the playoffs or out of the playoffs or to the four seed or to the three seed. And it really depends on how quickly the team is able to come together. And I think CLG has an advantage over certain other teams because their, their coaching staff has been so consistent. Zix Lowell has basically been part of this roster for, you know, three, four splits now, and he has his system in place. He knows what he wants to do. You have very strong carryover in, in the three returning players of Darshanik, Smithy and, and Aframu, which are all, well, Darshan and Aframu are really good players, you know, top three players at their positions. And Smithy is Smithy. He he can do well, but he definitely has some very uh, very obvious flaws that can be taken advantage of. So I see this team is not going to be relegated, but they're definitely going to be towards the bottom of that that playoff, you know, spot, you know, four, five, and six. Yeah, this is going to be a team, I think, that's fighting for the sixth seed in the spring. I think they're going to be better in the summer. When you just look at the talent that they're surrounded by right now, there are a lot of teams that have invested a lot of money in getting these rosters to work. And obviously, at the time of this recording, we haven't seen the full Liquid roster, so that might change some things. But this is a team that I think, you know, in a best-case scenario, they're a five-seed that is really scary in the quarterfinals 
because they have so many different things going for them and they've got a good coach and can outsmart a team that's maybe more talented but isn't quite there on the infrastructure side of things. Uh, the worst case scenario, I think they're a seven seed and they're preparing for what is going to be the next split when who he has had the time to develop to make it so that not only does he have the breadth as far as his champion pool goes, but he has you know a depth and a substance to it that right now he's still a little bit lacking on. The Sticks A has become this bigger carry that maybe, you know, Darshan has found a way to better himself as far as kill participation and then assisting the rest of his teammates in a way that he hasn't uh, in the recent year. Um, it's going to be very interesting to watch these guys. I would love to be proven wrong on them because I'm a big fan of organizations showing that stability kind of reigns, but we're going to have to find out. That is a podcast. Um, if you guys enjoyed this, you should definitely subscribe to soundcloud.com slash esportsgamblinghour or to the podcast on iTunes at esportsgamblinghour so that you can get all of our episodes as soon as they come out. Uh, we're going to be doing one a day until all the teams are done. So far in North America, we've already done TSM, Immortals, and NRG Esports. In Europe, we have done Team Vitality, Splice, and H2K. And today we're talking about the Unicorns of Love, so you can check all those out. If you subscribe to those places, you can also find us on Twitter. I am at RedshirtKing. Walter, where can they find you? You guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. And come back tomorrow when we'll talk about a team that we already saw at an IEM event this offseason and is really hoping that they can surprise us uh, and do better than they did at that particular tournament. So until then... Goodbye, Internet.